Hey, it's Deacon here. I'm hosting a new workshop called Hiring Secrets to help you find the right people who will take your business to the next level. Join me live on April 6th, and I'll show you my biggest secrets and tools to building a high-performance team. Get all the details at deaconbradley.com, click the Hiring Secrets link in the menu, or check today's show notes for all the links you need. Now, let's get back to the podcast. So in your opinion, this is what's keeping CEOs from growing as fast as they want? Yes. Welcome to the Sharp Business Growth Podcast, the show for CEOs who want to create healthy business growth. I'm your host, Deacon Bradley, alongside Justice Marimi. And on today's show, we're going to show you the three levels of vision that we see when we're working with business leaders. Uh, We're going to show you where people are getting stuck, where they could be doing better, and most importantly, uh, where people are just crushing it as business leaders with visions that are so clear that their teams are basically operating on autopilot. And I think that's where we all want to get to today. Justice, I know this is a topic that is near and dear to your heart. Um, How important is vision when you're leading a business that you actually (laughs) want to grow and enjoy and have fun in? I think it's, I think it's imperative. I think a lot of um, CEOs forget about it because it's somewhere in their head. Um, and they make the assumption that everyone knows this because I said it once at like the last quarterly. <laughs> and and so it is so imperative because it attracts um, the the talent that you want. It, it creates hope. It helps the strategic thinkers in the room create strategy. Um, it creates excitement. Um, and it is like the jumpstart to momentum, which is that secret sauce that that every company needs. It's so important. I think uh, a lot of us as entrepreneurs weren't, some of us were always entrepreneurs. The rest of us came from corporate land. And I, I think it gets a really bad rap over there, vision and mission and all that stuff. Yeah. And this is, this is from my own experience. Uh, as, a, as an employee, you would be working really hard, like in the fields, doing your stuff. Uh, and the executive team would like jet off someplace cool and it's, they would yes. come back with this vision that I still had just as much work to do. And I never, it never seemed powerful to me. What is like, yes. <laughs> what is the, like, what am I missing? <laughs> I'm a business leader and that's my perception of it. What am I missing? That's actually really good because that happens a lot. And it usually is just the people that are telling you what to do that are really excited. And you are like, well, so now there's more work on my plate and there's less clarity. You'll know you have vision when someone's giving you vision, when you're going, I know where we're going. I can see why we're going there. And I see how what I'm going to do is going to help us get there. That is, you should come in and go, ah, you should also, hopefully, if you're a healthy business, you know where some of the pain points are in the business. So when the person is casting a vision, you can see clearly how this new vision will alleviate the major pain points of where you're currently at, where the business is currently at. Um, so a healthy vision should, you know, 
raise all the boats. Like everyone should be like, yes. And it doesn't mean that it's going to be all hunky dory amazing, but you do, it, it should give you a reason to work hard. Like the pain that you're experiencing in your role that's outside of your control, it gives it a purpose. It should give your pain a purpose. Purpose. I love that word. Let's start off at level zero here. Now, normally uh, I would start numbering things at, at one, mm. but this is so bad. I had to put it at level zero because level zero <laughs> is basically the no vision level. And it's funny. I, I would actually encounter a decent number of entrepreneurs doing this. Uh, and it's, it's kind of like the, I would consider it like the selling widgets guy. You look at, you probably see some of these when you're looking at like Amazon type yep. sellers, because oftentimes Amazon seller, the recipe is you go find an opportunity that is underserved on Amazon and you fill it. Yeah. And next thing you know, you're selling plant saucers and pillows. Yes. yes. And headphones. Yep. <laughs> this really happens. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you're not, you're not excited about it. You're, you're, you're literally waiting for things to get worse. Like, you know, you're going to get competed with, you know, that you're going to start to lose margin. You know, that, that there's no way up and there's no like outside opportunity. It's not exciting. You're selling a product. You're just getting a product out there, out there. And it's like, I found it. I found a way to leverage this thing. And so I'm going to leverage this widget to do a thing. There's no other outside reason for you doing what you're doing or your team to do what they're doing. And hey, you can do that. You could be successful at it. That's great. Are you going to attract the people you want to attract? Probably not. Are you going to create something that actually impacts more people? Probably not. Are you going to do something better for the world? Probably not. You just, you just reminded me of a story yeah. that I bet I've never told you. So my brother-in-law, this is, this is back when uh, I'd, I'd been familiar with like the Amazon FBA style businesses for a while. My brother-in-law gets interested in it. He's a, uh, uh, he manufactures semiconductors, right? Something totally outside. He's an yeah. engineer. Yeah. So long story short, he goes to China on this trip with some other uh, people who want to do the same thing. And he's walking around these fairs where people go and source yep. goods and he's just picking out stuff, kid tent, tape gun for boxes, like oh, no. probably like a dozen things. And, you know, you get them all home and they're completely unrelated. The business really has no purpose. It's, it's a cash flow business. Uh, he ends up with a million dollar business, meaning he's selling at least 80 something thousand dollars a month in revenue yep. of this frankly, random crap. <laughs> and, uh, and he was like, well, this is interesting. You know, I've got this business now. How about that? And to me, uh, he was always very aware of its purpose. Mm -hmm. And we kind of started using the purpose word before, but, but that was fine for him. Cause the only purpose was fun yep. and maybe some cash yep. and he got to go to China. Yep. But that was, it was a dead end business is probably a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> and he shut it down. Eventually he was like, yeah, I'm just kind of, I'm not ordering more of these crappy tape guns Yep. and kid tents that are probably some sort of liability. I didn't fully research. <laughs> yes. So anyway, that that's like level zero and we're describing it kind of like funny terms here. 
I see no joke, dead serious businesses that would show mm-hmm. up at the agency level, just wanting to sell their thing. And we're, we're, and so as a marketer, we're, we're asking them questions. Who do you serve? How do you serve them? Yeah. How do you solve these problems? Like, tell me about your business. And they're like, don't know, don't care. Yep. Sell my thing. Yep. It happens all the time. And look, you can go just have, some of you might be listening and going, 80 grand a month. Wow. That'd be nice. Cash flow. Great. Look, then this is probably not the best podcast for you. (laughs) (laughs) And here's why. Like real cash flow is a great thing. Creating something that's just like, hey, it it just cash flows. That's awesome. Uh, I wouldn't be interested in real estate if I wasn't into cash flow and, and, and that kind of stuff. What we're talking about here is building something that you can get behind that is trying to move something forward that has real purpose in the world. It doesn't have to be, hey, we're going to save this many lives. It can be, but there has to be a greater thing behind it that brings in the kind of people that create real change, real growth. I'm glad you brought that up because anyone listening to this podcast, uh, they're not drop shippers. These are serious business people yes. listen to this, right? Serious CEOs. They want to grow. Uh, level zero was almost just like a fun anecdotal thing for you yeah. to listen to yeah. and be like, thank God I'm not there. Yeah. Where I think most people that, that you and I encounter at say like the, the two to $50 million yeah. CEO level where the, where most of these people live is at level one, which is They have a vision, but as you say, Justice, they're not spending time with that. What does that mean? Yes. Yes. I like to think it as you should be married to your vision. It should be attractive to you. You should be spending time with it. You should be talking about it with the people that it's going to impact the most. I talk about my wife. I spend time with my wife. I know my wife's needs. I know where she's at in life. So for you, if you are a CEO, when was the last time you spent time looking at your vision and going, what's missing? Am I there yet? How far off are we from this? If we are there now, what needs to change? Do I need to create a grander vision? Was some of this vision just based on personal needs? And now that we've scaled to a certain point, we're actually impacting more people. It has grown into something different, more powerful. You should spend time with this vision. What I would often say whenever I was a pastor was that we often needed to remind people of the vision more than teach them something new. Why? Because people forget. They've got their life going on. They've got things going on. Your employees, who, by the way, are going to help you scale, they need to be reminded of the vision. They need to be reminded about where you're going. They need to be reminded of why you're going there. They need to be reminded of what it's going to be like when you get there. So we've got two things here that you just talked about. There's thing one, hey, CEO, you need to go spend, take your vision out on a date. Yes. (laughs) Right. And then thing two was, uh, make sure everybody else knows your vision too. Yeah. Let's zoom in on thing one here. What does it practically look like and mean to spend time with your vision as a CEO? And like, like, what do you do? Yeah. I would encourage you to take a weekend and go look at your vision statement. If you don't have one, I would create it. I would propose that it's not any longer than three to five years out. (laughs) 
um, just with how fast the world is changing, um, it should like, you should be able to describe it the way that you describe your house. You should, if you, a friend was going, Hey man, tell me about what your house looks like. You should be able to describe your three-year vision in the same way that you would describe your house and telling your friend where to get the keys that you're looking for and how, how it looks in your house. So you should go out, take two to three days, read it or create it. Think about it. Think about who it's going to impact. Think about who needs to know this that doesn't know it now. Think about the core team that you have. Like who is your core team? Who are the three to four people on your team that really help move things forward, that have a lot of authority? When was the last time you shared this with them? When was the last time you asked them what they thought our company would look like in three to five years and what needs to happen in between that time and why it's important? You should go spend some time alone. And I'd recommend doing it every quarter. Uh, schedule. You don't have to go anywhere crazy. You don't have to go to like Rome or anything, but like go get an Airbnb somewhere by a lake or out in the woods a little bit and take like two to three days, one to two days if you're just starting out and just journal, write, think about it. You will be surprised how quickly all of the problems that you're facing right now, you'll have a solution for just by thinking. This was something that you and I were working on uh, a few months ago, Justice, and you, at the t- at the time, you had me go read Cameron Harold's book, Vivid Vision. Yes, is that something you? I would recommend? highly recommend because he even gets down to what does your office look like, like what 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 happens when you would walk into your office three years from now, um, who would be doing what, what would your day look like? It is, it will help you like dramatically get outside of this where you're at right now. You got to get out of where you are right now. If that as a visionary leader, if the majority of your thoughts are all the problems or things that are going on right now, you're probably going to have a hard time leading your team because their heads are down looking at what they have to do right now not knowing what they're working towards. And when you know what you're working towards, it helps you get outside of the weeds. Well, probably I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit here, but this, this fits in really well with what you were just saying. And I, and I think with that clear vision, you were just talking about, Hey, a lot of times the leader is stuck in the weeds so much. They're not able to, to come away from it, to create the vision, to nurture the vision and like, really have a really clear vision. Um, here's, I think the ironic part, when you have that clear vision, you, the leader do not have to solve every single problem because guess what? Your team can see where you're going and what you're trying to make. And it's almost like this, like just exhale, like sigh of relief for people, both your team and you that, that like, oh, I don't, I don't have to do this by myself. I thought I had to put out every little grass fire. But now that my team knows, part of my vision involves not burning to the, to the yes. ground. Yes, yes. <laughs> They'll put out the fires. <laughs> Absolutely. You often talk about uh, when, once you kind of have a, a leader who's in this place, they've got a vision, they're nurturing it. Uh, there's really three things that they should be focused on as a leader. I love this because it's super clear and I think it really challenges a lot of leaders and opens their eyes to 
what uh, what it looks like to lead a business powerfully versus what it looks like to just work in a business that's growing. Yeah. <laughs> what are those three things? Absolutely. Uh, recruit, lead, sales. So those are not in order. Um, if they were in order, I'd say lead, sales, recruit. Um, so here's here's why I, I kind of come down to those those three things. One, you need to be the leader of your organization. They need to be able to look towards someone and and that that leadership looks like telling them where they're going, holding them accountable to what they said they were going to do and executing at a high level. You want to have your team executing at a high level and moving things forward. Here's the next thing. You need to be focused on sales more often than not. That doesn't mean you have to be the number one salesman, but you need to get revenue in the door. It's the engine of the business. It's how you grow. So you need to be thinking and spending time on sales. How are we doing on sales? What are some of the things that are going on with our sales team? What is getting in their way? How do I get those things out of their way? Do we need new sales team members? Do we need to bring, bring up new ways of getting sales or revenue? You know, doesn't you know? There, you just need to be thinking about how do we increase sales um, for the business because this is how our business grows. Now, if you're focused on sales, what's going to happen is new opportunities because new problems will come up in your business. It'll expose all the leaky places in the pipes and all that kind of stuff. So then the next thing you're going to realize is we need great team members. So that means you're always recruiting. Recruiting doesn't mean like you're always hiring. It means you're always got your eye on great talent. You can even communicate to people. They might be in another job, but you notice that they're talented and a way to communicate with them is, Hey, I just want you to know you would do wonderfully on our team. Our team would love to have someone like you apply. We're not at a point where we can hire you, but I've noticed just how stinking talented you are. So just know I've got my eye on you. It's that simple. It's letting people know it's going, man, I know in a two quarters, this problem is going to be bigger and we're going to need a new IT guy. I've been spending time with different people. I've been asking people to introduce me to different IT specialists. And man, I just had a conversation with one and he was amazing. I want him on our team, but I want him in about two quarters. I'm going to drop some seeds. There's something that you didn't mention in that list, which I want to call out that I think is interesting because a lot of, a lot of CEOs that I talk to are super zeroed in on this thing. SOPs. Yes. The CEOs, I talked to a lot and they're like, I got to be, I got to figure out these SOPs. I got to just, I got to create all this stuff. Uh, I got to work and, you know, make all these machines. And they're just like so focused on it. And PS, they hate it. <laughs> <laughs> they're not, and they're not good at it. No. But they think that that is their path to yep. being able to yep. have like spend time in their vision and their path to being able to be free. Uh, so if the three things they should be focused on are lead recruit and sales. Yeah. What, what, what about like, nobody's running the business justice. Yeah. What do we do? <laughs> yes. That's recruiting. You recruit an integrator. So the person that likes enjoy, like likes creating SOPs, likes creating good SOPs can see <laughs> the value of SOP. Like you are looking for that person. Like if there's something in your business that takes up a lot of your energy and takes you out of your role, even if you don't have the money to hire that person yet, you need to be thinking who, not what. 
or, or how, like, it's not, you're not the one responsible for coming up with a strategic plan right away. You need a really strategic person who comes up with plans. Like it's the easiest thing in the world. So think who some of the best entrepreneurs that I've seen out there are thinking who they're just thinking who all the time. This problem came up. It's come up consistently. It's keeping us from doing the things we like. Okay. Who would, who, who runs something like this? Who would be good at running something like this? Because I don't want to have to think about it. That's awesome. That, that is like a, a leader question right there. I'm embarrassed to say I haven't read this book yet, but it's been on my stack. (laughs) It's been on my stack for a while. Close to the top. It's close to the top of the stack. Uh, I think it's Dan Sullivan's book. Uh, who not what is that his book? I've heard that. I've heard that book. I also have not read it, but I've heard of that book. I haven't read the book, but it's a mantra that, that, uh, we lived by at the previous company that I was running. Uh, it's something that I taught all of my managers. A lot of them were first time managers and, and it, we'd be in these, these essentially these like vision meetings, which we did quarterly. And we'd be kind of laying out what, what do we want to look like in a year? Okay. What are we going to do next quarter? And it was interesting to see as you know, we would be piling up the vision for next quarter and you could just see them, these, these younger managers like tensing up Yep, because they were thinking what? Yes. (laughs) Yes. It will create that. I can tell when I'm not operating out of my sweet spot when I'm ha- when it's taking up a lot of energy and I'm feeling the stress level rise. And I, and now I've kind of trained myself as to okay, is this something that I need to be doing right now or is this would someone else have a really easy time doing this and I'm actually taking this off of their plate? And if I said, "Hey, do you mind working on this for me?" they'd go, "Yeah, I got this." I am sure that we're going to get into this more deeply a lot because it's it. Yeah. We just gave you some really powerful advice. I know it's harder to do that <laughs> in real life. Uh, and in my head, I was just thinking about all the mindset stuff behind that. You know, yeah. is it, you, you have to have this abundant mindset. You have to be willing to hand off tasks and, yep. and you have to increase your own leadership so that people are doing things and like stepping into the vision you created and every, and all this stuff is working together. Yeah, it's way harder than those three things, but this is is essentially like this is the if you will, the vivid vision of what you should be doing. Yes. Level 2 of this is is essentially like a really clear vision. And there's a a business leader that you and I both work with that I think he he's the best at it of anyone I've worked with in real life. Yeah. I've listened to people on stage that I think we're good at it, but I've never been behind the scenes. So I don't know what it's really like to work with them, but we, you and I have both experienced what really clear vision looks like. I want to kind of put this out there as an example. Uh, and it, and it kind of ties up a lot of these benefits that we had mentioned, uh, at, at level one here. What is your experience? Like to you, like, what is this really clear vision experience look like if you're, um, not the one with the vision. So say you're working on the team and this, yeah. and the leader has a really, is a really good visionary. They've reached level two of this. What is that like? You, here's what I thought about this earlier. It's like, you know how to apply your skill set and what return is going to come from your investment of skills. 
for so many employees, they're going, what is the point of what I do? Like if you look at some of the jobs you hated the most, other than them just being either a bad culture fit or any of that stuff, more often than not, you're going, what's the point of what I do? I'm just showing up to do a thing. How does this actually affect the overall um, vision or end goal or PL or whatever it is of our company? Who does this benefit? So I'll, I'll, I'll often challenge um, CEOs when they're creating their vision. Can other people's vision fit into your vision? Can other people's desires fit into your vision? Who does this benefit? So you start to feel alive. It gives your pain a purpose. It's, you're going, ah, yes, I don't feel like I'm wasting my talent. I feel like I'm a part of something bigger. And it, again, I want to hit this. Some people are going to hear this and go like, great. So now I have to say that we're going to save this many trees in the rainforest. Like, <laughs> no, not at all. If you can talk about your customer in a way that shows how much you value them and what they need in their life and why it's important to you that your company helps them achieve this thing in their life, then the people that are working on your team, if they care about the work they do, will go, so you mean if I do this well, it's going to help us affect these people in this way? Yes, absolutely. And it should cause them a little bit more. It gives, again, it gives them purpose to the things that they're doing, the things that they like to do. And everyone's job has a part that sucks. And so it gives that pain a purpose. I was thinking about myself and just some recently, recent experiences and conversations I've been having over the last few months. And uh, just to share a little of that here, just because I, I love concrete stuff. I know vision is a little fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard no, to figure yeah, out. Yeah. Um, and so from my own experience, I, I've been, I was talking to uh, an entrepreneur recently about potentially partnering with them. And a lot of that conversation was actually at the vision level. And it was, he shared his vision and I'm like, oh, that is so clear. I know exactly where you want to go and what it's going to look like when we get there and what it's going to look like on the way. I was sharing my vision. Now it's not my business, right? Yeah. So my vision was like at the top of my list. I'm spending a lot of time with my family. Mm. I'm working at home. I'm able to make this amount of money yep. so that my life looks in a certain way. Uh, and also while I'm doing that in three years, I want to be here and five years I want to be yes. here. And these are the skills I want to build because ultimately I want to get to this destination. So I'm laying out my personal vision yeah. to this potential partner. He's looking at his business vision and what he wants to build. And we're like, we're getting excited. Yes. <laughs> like we're getting amped up. Cause we're like, Oh my gosh, these things fit together. Mm. We can achieve the business vision and your personal vision. And yeah. just as somebody who's considering joining this team, I am like so excited and I'm just going to fit in better. I'm going to have more energy. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to know exactly where we're going. And so that's when, when you're talking about like sharing your vision and your team needs to see that and they th- will have their own visions. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely encourage that. It's also, I think, part of a really good hiring process because it's going to bring in people that align with your vision and want to keep working there and want to work towards all those same things. Um, but without, you know, kind of going back to level one, without spending time in your vision, yeah, you're never going to be able to paint that picture or yep. create that environment. I agree, 100%. One of the things that you said when you were talking about level one that that 
I'd almost kind of just tie this up with, cause I think it's a, a really clear way to think about it. And you know me, I'm, I'm all about clarity. <laughs> <laughs> you said your vision should be just like describing your house. Yeah. And if you read vivid vision, you'll see this. Uh, it's, I mean, it's extremely detailed. I got to admit, I was like this level of detail. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, if you did 50% of that, you'd be miles ahead of everybody else. I agree. That's a good, that's a great point. <laughs> You're right. You're totally right. But if you think about it, like describing your house, like I could walk you guys through my house right now. I could tell you my favorite parts, which parts need some work, what it's like to be in it, why I love it, uh, all of those things. And you would get a really good understanding of what's important to me, why I chose this house over other houses. And you would know all of these things about that. And so I really like that metaphor because it's, it's kind of like a good litmus test for if I was describing my business to somebody, would they have that same understanding? Mm, that's good. I love it. Thanks for joining us today on the Shark Business Growth Podcast. Be sure and subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. We've got some cool stuff coming up. Next week, we're actually talking about rest for CEOs. Uh, Believe it or not, this is a really, really fun topic. Justice gets so fired up, you probably won't rest for days, but it's going to be really good. So make sure you miss it. Don't miss it. Visit us at sharpbusinessgrowth.com. We've got loads more resources over there. Uh, A mailing list where we're sharing lots of behind the scenes stuff. I think you'll like it. See you next time.